to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today, I'm speaking with uh, Dr. Derek Taylor, who is the founder of Controversies in Church History, where faith and history meet. Um, Derek himself has a master's in history from University of Florida and a doctoral degree in history from University of Kansas. I'm glad he's on today to talk about his faith journey as a convert and give us some information about the vital work that he does um, with his podcast teaching series. So thank you for coming and joining us. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. So um, I reached out to you regarding, you know, seeing if you were interested in coming on to talk about your faith journey and talk a little bit about the podcast, because I think it's a, a valuable resource. And there are so many lessons um, that I've gathered from just listening regarding church history that I think are important. And uh, I definitely appreciate uh, the work that you do. So I'm glad and I hope that you can, uh, you know, tell the audience more about what you do there. So uh, let's get started. Um, I read that you are adult convert. So tell us about, you know, your, your, your faith, what upbringing, middle life years into now. What, yeah, tell us about that. I could ask you, sure. but I'm not. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Right. It's okay. Uh, I, um, man, I remember, it's weird. I can remember when I was, when I was a little child, my, my, my family took us to like various Protestant churches, but I can't, at the top, my, my mother was a Presbyterian and, um, and I remember going to a Presbyterian church when I was a kid. And uh, I, I don't really remember much about it, to be honest with you. Um, I, 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 we stopped going when I was about 10 years old. Um, my dad told us we didn't have to because the timing conflicted with like NFL games on Sunday. You watch the games with your father, that sort of thing. But I always I remember when I was a little kid, I remember like sitting in the backyard in a hammock and I'm sitting there. I, really, I must have been like eight or nine years old thinking about God. <laughs> Weird, like you're thinking about what's what was before God and like making my brain hurt trying to think about this when you're nine years old. But um, I, I should probably start, I'm going back to the beginning, but I, somewhere in my, my adolescence, I lost whatever belief I had in a deity at all. Basically, I was an atheist for a decent amount of time in my early 20s, but um, it's kind of a long story as to why. It's just uh, part of my personality as I go along, I have, I've had uh, issues with depression in my life, and so that probably was one of the things that affected it, especially when I, you know, you hit puberty, things change, <laughs> and so I became a very depressed person in high school. I didn't really realize it. I was just, you know, just a shy and introverted person, and uh, yeah, by the, time I was, by the time I got out of high school, I pretty much had like, well, I, I didn't, I lost any sort of faith in a deity at all, which is weird. I never told anyone this, by the way. I never actually admitted that to anyone. <laughs> I don't think anyone. I was like, I, back home, I, I was almost ashamed to admit it. Anyway, um, what uh, what happened to change all that was going to, well, I went to college, nothing really changed there, but I was, you know, kind of listless. I, I got, you know, I did fine as an undergrad. I was an English major. I liked literature, I liked reading, stuff like that. And uh, I took a couple of history courses when I was an undergraduate. I liked history too. And one of my teachers, um, a man named John Somerville, and I took of all things, medieval English history with him. I took, I remember, I'll, I'll never forget this because I was sent, one of the sent for uh, an English uh, history course. And that was the only thing that fit in my schedule that semester. And I was very disappointed because I didn't want to take that. And I ended up taking it with him and I loved it. Great. Uh, and he was great. And he could tell teaching the class, I found this out later, he was, but like 
I never and stopped thinking about religion years ago, but it's the Middle Ages, you can't avoid talking about that. The way he talked about it wasn't necessarily he, he wasn't Don's not Catholic. I know that now, by the way, but he talked about it with respect. He talked about it like I was this this good institution that was like useful and it wasn't it wasn't something contemptible you looked down upon. And I have to say, looking back, I don't think any of my my professors did that, but I thought they did that. End of my getting my BA or whatever. I had I began like looking at the Bible again. I began looking at my I have still had my old uh, King James Bible from when I was a kid. My parents sent us to religious schools when I was younger, and I still kept it. And I remember reading through it and like getting like almost not weeping, but like being like, "Why can't I believe this? This sounds so lovely and wonderful and all this stuff." And anyway, so I uh, took a year off and I signed up. I was living in Gainesville, Florida, and um, signed up for you know, go back to school and all that stuff. I got in there. I'll never forget, I was I was up late at night. Uh, I was feeling very depressed. I was thinking about this stuff, right? You know, I, um, God, all that other stuff, and not being able to believe. And I was very, I got very depressed. I remember like just saying like to my, you know, I was like, really want to believe, okay, good Lord, if you actually exist, do you please show me this, right? You know, I think I think I remember saying to me even out loud, please ask me in ask me to recognize you if that's the you know something clear so i can understand it that there was a an old man named arthur anderson lived across i was in a, a mobile home park he lived across from me bless his soul i've lost track of him but uh he invited me to go to this you might go to this talk on thursday at his church i'm like eh, he said i'm suffering that kind of perked my ears up so i went and um it was by a, a an oncologist who worked at the University of Florida. They have a really good oncology program there. It was about suffering. I've been suffering, so this is really good. And and then uh, at the end of it, we had talked to a guy who was great. And Arthur asked me, "Do you want to come to church on Sunday?" I'm like, I said yes. I'm like that. Okay, that's about as clear a message as I'm ever going to get, right? I, that's how, how you can't. If you're asking for more than that, like. It can always be coincidence, right? You can always write stuff off and I'm like, no, nah, that's that's too. So I started going there. I went there for about a year, but I was I was still reading up, reading history, reading theology, and all this stuff. And um, I think it was a year after that. Yeah, it was 2002. Um, I um, there was a student center, Catholic center across the uh, across from the university. They have a little like inquiry session on Thursday nights. Uh, started started in I think in September ran in November and uh, I, I, I was just kind of checking to see I was talking to the lady I kind of knew I wanted to but at the end of it say hey you're the last I think I was the only one that did actually <laughs> maybe I stayed to the end of it and said you want to be baptized and yeah I do because uh, I was never baptized as a child by the way so that was something I skipped for some reason so uh, and so yeah I think it was April of 2002 yeah it was April of 2002 I think I still have the certificate somewhere and uh yeah i'll never forget my baptism that was wonderful um and uh and that was that was how and i have to say like i never would i never would have given it a second thought religion at all by the way if i had not gone to graduate school a lot of the things that you get hit with intellectually speaking in graduate school are very disturbing <laughs> and actually they made me think about okay what's true and not about the world and it made me reach back to earlier thinkers I'm like okay this is that's why I, that's what sort of led me intellectually I'm like okay this is despite what these people are telling me here I think this is actually viable I don't think I don't think it's I don't think religion's been disproved I don't think God's been disproved or anything like that it was almost a weird thing once like once once the existence of God was like real to me like it wasn't that hard to find out where to go 
Um, so I was just led very easily to it. But um, probably the biggest, I mean, the biggest thing that happened in my life, um, the biggest sort of challenge that I had was, I mentioned before, I, I, I was diagnosed with depression about five years ago. And I've always, I don't know, sometimes get, I sometimes worry maybe I, you know, people misdiagnose things like that, or maybe I made too much of it. But I, I, I do have a tendency to be depressed, but I had a bad, just a bad, it's a long story, but I had a bad couple of depressive episodes back in 2015, which that was a struggle. Um, I was so, uh, I won't go into detail, but it was so distressing, and I was very angry with God, like very like I was almost walked away from the faith angry. Like I, I serve at mass every week. And so I basically stopped taking, I did stay to stop taking communion for seven months and I was still serving every week. <laughs> and nobody, I was glad nobody said anything to me. They didn't say people, I, I priest didn't say anything to me. Thankfully I might, it might've, it might've ticked me off and I walk away. Um, and, uh, it was a real strike. You know, everybody struggles with suffering, right? Why does this have to me? That sort of thing. But, um, I went to, uh, I used to do this every year and I haven't done it since, but I used to go visit monasteries. I don't, don't, don't think I have a call, but I love going there to like for a personal retreat or whatever. I went to um, a uh, monastery, a Benedictine monastery, about three hours north of where I live. Um, this is 20, yeah, early 2016 probably. And uh, January, yeah. And um, I was there for a week and um, I couldn't get the anger out of my soul. And then before I left, I went to, had, um, what was it, Matins or Lauds in the mornings, praying. It's a beautiful basilica and everything. And I, what it, I don't know what it was, but as soon as I got in my car, I just, the anger was just sort of lifted. It was just gone. It was like, it's like, I don't know. Prayer is like, I don't want to make it sound superstitious, but it's like magic. It was like magic. You go from one second, you can't, like, you, you want, I don't know. It, it was, I don't know. But um, it really, it did strengthen my faith a lot going through that, like that, that purging of a lot of, have a lot of ego, like most people do. And so uh, things have gotten really good in my life. I, I, prayer life has been consistent ever since. And, um, and yeah, I've grown, uh, you know, I really have grown as, I'm, I'm, it's, it's probably, you know, yeah, it, it's hard to, it's hard to describe. It's like, I didn't. For a long time, I didn't think I could be this happy, <laughs> and um, and so a lot of that has to do with faith, and so it's been it's been a great blessing. Wow, that's a really a dynamic journey with a lot of moving pieces to it. So, the next question is: um, You're a convert, or I mean, not a convert, but um, yeah, you're a convert to the Catholic Church. Was there one thing that you noticed that influenced you a lot that you saw was that influenced your walk? Yeah, you know, the, I mean, if it was one thing would be, I mean, you know, going to university and studying history, like, you know, I that that was the impressive thing about it, partly. But when I used people used to ask me whenever I converted, because I go back home, a lot of people are, are Protestant, they ask you why. I noticed after a while, I, I would give different answers every time. I mean, I'm thinking about it and like, I, I'm not even sure I could put one specific thing like it was like the whole of it like the whole of the Catholic church and what it is, it's teachings, it's authority, it's spiritual traditions. Uh, it, again, part of this was personal, like it's intellectual traditions. Like you, that was a big thing with me when I was a young man, because I was, you know, you know, who am I, right? Well, I'm, I'm supposed to be smart, so I need to be an intellectual. So, okay, what's the most intellectual, you know, there's, some, there's something to that, but 
but probably I would say that the intellectual fiction, but it's just it's just it seemed like the fullest expression of what what Jesus Christ left on earth uh, for us to follow. I've never I've had lots of difficulties. Everybody has difficulties in their in their life and their faith journey. It has never left me, and it's never been a problem. I've never had anxiety about it, doubt about it. Never, never like that has been just. It was just there, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> how do I, how do I get, you know, start growing? And that was it. So, so as a convert yourself to the Catholic faith, and you've examined uh, church history and the intellectual tradition of the church, uh, and other things, I'm sure in your journey, what is what would you say to someone who is discerning coming to the Catholic Church? Sure. I mean, um, that's a great question. You do kind of, kind of, I would say, try to get a, a holistic picture of things. Um, try to see the whole of things, especially because, and I knew this, I understood this, you know, one thing I read in the history of the Catholic Church is, there have been scandals. <laughs> there have been difficulties, right? And I knew, I knew for a fact. And I, one of the good things I got out of doing, going into an intellectual discipline is you learn to try to see things in a detached way, and you realize, look, people are going to sin. They're going to, they may hurt you. Even people you trust. I, I kind of understood right? that's gonna, that's that might happen, right? It's a possibility. It's a possibility. That doesn't, to me, impugn the truth of something, right? You can, you really can grasp something that's true, even if someone's not a good person. Like, I've, I, 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 yes, I, of course, I've met Catholics who weren't good people <laughs> of being in the church this long, but in nothing, it doesn't affect the truth of a thing. It's one of the things again about the faith, like the the emphasis on, okay, you know, faith is is a is a thing that's about the heart, but it's also, yes, it also is. You need passion, but you also need detachment. And you can have, but not at the same time. But you can, you 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 can see it. Like even even when it, even when you may have to suffer for it. And then again, that was always a big thing for me. Is like, why am I suffering? Well, again, you may not always know in the moment, but God can, you know, lead you to truth. And that's even if it, even if it doesn't make you happy right away. Even it may, it makes you maybe makes you unhappy. It's something that truth leads you to. Um, it's purifying in the end. And that's that's probably the biggest thing is don't be afraid of those sorts of things if you're looking at the Catholic Church. Um, look at look at look at the whole and not the parts. So now we're going to go into the human interest component portion of the program. So as I said at the beginning, you have this really cool teaching series called Controversies in Church History. Uh, what influenced you to get into teaching uh, church history? I um I was doing spiritual direction with a, a priest friend of mine, um, a young guy, not longer than me actually. He's <laughs> a great and great priest actually. And um, I was telling him I wanted to do because I've 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 volunteered at you know food kitchens and stuff like that, and I probably should do more of that. But I was telling him I wanted to do more charity work. He's like, well, why don't you teach a, a church history class? I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, well, at your parish, why don't you just ask your your pastor? I'm like, can I do that? I'm like, I'm not trained. I'm not, it's not my area. I'm a professional. I have a degree in specific areas. Like, well, it's true intelligent enough. You can do it. I'm like, oh, I went and asked my pastor. He thought he was great. And so, uh, and so I, I do, it's a monthly thing. I have other, other duties. So I, I do try to make this as detail. Every lecture is, you know, worth people's time. So uh, once a month uh, during that school year, uh, for basically eight lectures a year, basically from depends on when we're doing it. But 
And I've been doing it basically ever since my parish. Our parish has actually moved. It's kind of a long story. but uh, And so, yeah, we usually meet, um, uh, moving it to Sundays, a Monday night thing. But, oh, you know, we've pretty good, you know, crowd of like 10 to 15 people. But um, um, And uh, I'll usually provide like, you know, and make a relaxed atmosphere. The whole point of this was to make a relaxed atmosphere where people can learn about maybe some sensitive, sensitive subjects in the history of the church, right? Low, I, I'm, I run a, a pretty loose ship in my actual classes uh, where I teach. And I, for these, I, I bring like, I bring beer and snacks and stuff so people can like just relax. And, and, and uh, it's a, I don't want to say it's a safe space, but it's like, it's, it's just, you know, it, there's low pressure, you know, none of that stuff, you know? So that's what that is. That sounds really relaxing and comfortable in a place where people can peacefully, you know, be vulnerable and share, you know, peacefully without confrontation, share things that they may object to and open up and share their own personal uh, feelings about different periods of the church. That's what I got from it. Um, yes, that, that was my that was my goal. It's, it's hard to talk about these things and people, you know, I find that people just have a hard time, like, um, articulating it sometimes they don't they don't want to seem like oh they're criticizing the church or whatever and some like here and the way I do it because I, I teach it it's kind of weird because this is this is my faith but I like, teach it like I teach a secular history course but it actually works for people okay okay that's cool so the next question is is there anything off limits when you survey church history you know Catholic Church has been around for 2,000 years is there anything that you think is off limits or my viewers may not like that, or do you uh, do you adopt that sort of mindset, or just uh, or is everything just free for all? You know, I try for the most part not to avoid things, and again, I do it because I I feel like I can personally like. I've never had anybody come that like was aggressive and asking questions. I wouldn't care if they were. I, I'm I'm fine. You can you can. And tell me you hate the church and tell me why. Like, I, I want to hear it. I, I think there are historical, re- I believe there are historical reasons for certain things. But I, I, I did want it to be a, play, a, a, you know, a setting where, because look, again, some of these some of these scandals, by the way, like uh, I did a, a talk, which I used to do in my Western Civ courses, on Galileo, right? The Galileo affair. This is, there are certain things that are, are a big misunderstanding, and I want to clear those up. But I also don't want to hide things when the church, when members of the church, people have done sinful things. You don't want to. That's the worst thing you can do. You're not hiding anything. And um, I think it's important to be honest. And so, yeah, I don't I, I make clear. Uh, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. I always begin every lecture. I am not a theologian. <laughs> I am not trespassing on their territory. I don't mean to. I'm not trespassing on that. But um, what I am evaluating is, OK, was this, you know what happened here? Why did the church do this? Why did this bad thing happen, right? And I've done difficult topics like the church and the Holocaust, um, stuff like that, where it's, oh, it's a difficult, where there were, there were some things that were badly done. Uh, but, you know, you're also also trying to, like, defend it. It's, it's kind of both, like, you know, where it's, where the, where the evidence, where the historical record is, is, um, uh, um, is supportive, I'll say that. Where it's not supportive of the church, I'll, I'll say that, too. Um, honesty is a big thing, um, and trust. Again, this day and age in the church, we've had scandals. People have a hard time trusting, and so I think it's important for people. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be, you know, again, no screaming and yelling, <laughs> but they should be allowed to ask tough questions of me, and I'll answer them as best I can. So, yeah, I'm pretty open. 
out of curiosity, is there a particular uh, time period in church history that you love and why did you like that? Oh yeah, uh, I love late antiquity. I love the early church fathers. So anything like, you know, this is uh, whenever, I guess, yeah, anything like say, I don't know, it was like third, fourth century, fifth, like that area era there, like that's, I get misty, I get, I get sentimental about it, which is, which is, is silly, but um, uh, I like reading, I have a copy of the sayings of the Desert Fathers and I read that through that and I love that. Um, I really love some of the early church fathers. And, and I, I've come to learn to, to love lots of parts of it I didn't think I'd like. And because uh, there's always something that's like, it's not as interesting to you or not as, you know, it doesn't touch you, but like, it's like growing in your faith. I, when I first became Catholic, I didn't have a problem with it, but I was not really attached. I didn't pray the rosary a lot. I wasn't attached to Mary. You learn like this is a wonderful, wonderful part of the faith. And so, uh, but yeah, still, still have a, still have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for the early church fathers. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think as a convert from Protestantism, um, a lot of people value the early church fathers. I know I certainly did. Sure. Um, last question, which is super important, is, you know, what, what can we learn? You think, do you, what do you think we can learn from surveying church history for 2,000 years? What are some important lessons or one lesson that you think we can adopt for our time? Yeah, I think the this is something that's not actually an historical judgment. It is my own personal spiritual belief, but like I things have been bad in the history of the church. I mean really bad. But I really truly believe we can always God's presence is never taken away from us ever. Since Christ has come, it's always there for us. We may have to it may it may be a desperate situation. We may live in desperate times, we live in very hard times. Um, and I, I kind of, you know, when I started doing this, the, the podcast and all that stuff, I, I had in mind doing those desperate, desperate times. But a lot of church history is also uh, can be inspiring. So there's both. But that's my biggest thing is God has not, you know, his presence has always been there, no matter how bad things have gotten. And that's a valuable lesson, I think, uh, through every age, despite, you know, the scandals and the, the bad lessons from the clergy and uh, periods of desperate reform in the hierarchy that needs to be in every age. Um, I think we can always have reassurance that, you know, God is always there. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming to share this crucial information about your teaching series and sharing why you love church history so much. Uh, I will make sure that the viewers keep you in our prayers and the work that you do and bringing the truth of the Catholic Church to many. Um, that's going to conclude this episode of Saintly Witnesses, and you guys can look for the next episode.